This is the message from Connection Community Church for Easter Sunday, April 9th, 2023. Sunrise Surprise. Ain't no grave could hold his body down. That's what we're about here today. Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen. Good well, morning. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the risen Christ. He is alive. He is alive. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is just an honor that you're here. Hey, everybody online. Uh, it is wonderful to see you today. I'd like to open us up with prayer. Almighty God, thank you so much for this day. It's the day that is apart from all other days of the year where we proclaim that you are alive. You have beat death itself. You have risen. And that gives us life. And so thank you so much for sacrificing your life, trading your life for ours. Settle us in right where we are that we might be changed and transformed by your love. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So the word of the day is surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Not just one. Several surprises right there on Easter morning. Surprise, surprise. Let's read Mark 16, 1 through 4. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that, so that they might go uh, to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked one another, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And so this is the account found in the Gospel of Mark, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. And they each tell their um, experience with this. As Mark tells it, Mary Magdalene, there were two Marys. Mary Magdalene and then Mary, the mother of James, the disciple, and then Salome. They were the first to visit the tomb that morning. Surprise! It was women whoop, who went and visited the tomb that morning. How unusual. <laughs> you know, in that time and place, though, in all seriousness, it was, it was not cool for women to be out like that. And so they were involved, and Jesus always had them involved. They were a vital part of Jesus' ministry. In fact, these women, along with some others, helped fund Jesus's ministry. They were part of his mission, along with the disciples, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. The two Marys had been there the Friday before, right to the very end, when Joseph of Arimathea had gotten permission from Pilate to take the body, Jesus' body, to take it, wrap it in linen, and place it in it was his own tomb, a newly, freshly cut tomb, cut out of the rock there on, in, the, in, the, in the side of the hill there. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. 
they, along with Salome, they were the first ones there on Easter. And the reason why they went is that they wanted to anoint the dead body of Jesus with spices. That was their custom. They wanted to do that to show their love. And they wondered as they were approaching it, who would roll that big stone away? Because it was this massive, big, as Alan would say, big honking stone. BHS. BHS, yeah. right there. It was massive. It was shaped by a wheel. It was rolled into place along a path or a track. And to roll that stone from the entrance was more than a notion. They just wouldn't have been able to do it. And so when they got there and they looked up, what a surprise. The rock was rolled away from the tomb. Apparently, they weren't the first ones there after all. Mark 16, 5 to 7. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. Say, he has risen. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And so we have four Gospels, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they all tell this story. Little bit of difference here. First we read that Mark says that there was one man sitting there. Luke tells us it was two men. Matthew tells us it was one angel. John tells us it was two angels. But apparently the angels all appear to be men and there were either one or two. <laughs> it all fits together though because that's really small stuff. You see... It's a wonder that anybody got anything straight that morning. Can you imagine getting there, the confusion that happened, the craziness, the surprise? Now, in all of the stories, the messengers were in white and all bring a message. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John bring a message of total and complete surprise or shock that he is risen. Nobody said, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Nobody, everybody was surprised. The place where Jesus had laid was now empty. The claws were folded neatly. And so it was the women's job to go tell, bring the first Easter message to go tell the disciples. And the message that they were to tell was that Jesus is going ahead into Galilee and they will see him there. And the Bible uses these words, Alan said them, just as he told you. That's crucial. Just as he told you. Say it with me. Just as he told you. Surprise. So we're, here we have the biggest surprise of all on that first Easter morning. Jesus is risen. Say Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. He has come back from the dead and he is risen. The women who went to the tomb that morning were surprised to find the tomb empty and Jesus not there. The disciples, well, they were hiding that morning, fearful they might be discovered by the Jewish authorities, fearful that they might uh, be treated as Jesus was treated, fearful that their lives might be close to the end. 
The disciples who thought that Jesus was dead and gone, over and done, finished, no more. The disciples were surprised when Mary delivered the first ever Easter message, (laughs) telling all of them that Jesus had risen, that he was alive. Just as the messenger at the tomb had told Mary and Salome and the other Mary, there you will see him just as he told you. Just as he told you. The disciples should not have been surprised by Jesus' death and especially his resurrection. He had told them. In fact, in the book of Mark, we read where he told them three different times. The first is in Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 33. He, Jesus, then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. You see this here? And after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And so Jesus spoke plainly about this, but it was like, they just, it didn't comprehend. Here we have Peter rebuking him like, oh, no, no, no. And Jesus said, hmm, get behind me, Satan. You're more concerned about yourself than God's business. The second time we see it is in Mark chapter 9. This is verse 30 to 32. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days, say it with me, he will will rise. rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. And so again, Jesus clearly tells them what's ahead, but they don't understand and they're afraid to ask. Well, the third time Jesus told them about this, he is telling them what to expect in the future. Mark chapter 10. Again, he took the 12 aside. You hear that again? Again, he took the 12 aside and told them, What was going to happen to him? We're going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. So Jesus once again tells them what is coming with some extra details here. He tells them they are going to Jerusalem. He tells them he will be delivered to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He tells them he will become, be condemned to death and hand over to the Gentiles who will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. And then three days later, he will rise. Say it with me. He will rise. He will rise. He will rise. Either they didn't understand, which is not unusual for the disciples. Um, 
they, maybe they forgot, or maybe they just didn't believe him. Whatever the case, when Easter morning came and he had risen from the dead, they were all surprised, all of them, everybody, the disciples, the women at the tomb, anybody else who had anything to do with Jesus, they were all surprised. So what does surprise mean anyway? Well, surprise is an unusual or unexpected event. Um, it could be a feeling you have when you think something's going to happen and, you know, your heart's pounding surprise. It was like, for example, she was surprised when he asked her to marry him in the middle of an argument. That's that true. Happens. True that story. That happens sometimes. That happens. Okay, here's one. Here's a really recent one, because that was a long time ago one. It was a surprise <laughs> when Phillies lost four games straight, but then yesterday, last night in the ninth inning, they pulled it out and they won. It was a surprise. True. It was a surprise, True. yeah. Great now, surprise. those surprises, they don't even come close. We're just trying to be light, lighthearted here. They don't come close at all to the surprise that Jesus' followers experienced the morning of the resurrection, the third day after he had died, Easter morning. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead on that Easter morning was amazing. It was mesmerizing. It was miraculous. It was mind-boggling. It was, I don't even have the words to say it. It was just astonishing. He wasn't there. Yeah. But the one thing it should not have been was surprising. Jesus had told them what was going to happen <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> and in fact, he had previously shown them that resurrection was possible a couple of times. Uh, Luke tells us about the son of the widow in a town called Nain, N-A-I-N, Nain, being carried to his final resting place, dead and gone, until Jesus touched the coffin and said, young man, arise. And the young man rose from the dead. The disciples were all there. They had seen resurrection before right there in the flesh. And just a week, just a few weeks prior to Jesus' death, Jesus' friend Lazarus, Jesus had raised him from the dead. He was in the tomb for four days, and Jesus wrote. People knew about it. There was a great buzz about it. We talked about this last week for Palm Sunday. And so they experienced resurrection. They had, you know, word travels fast between the widow of Nain's son and Lazarus. In fact, many people were in Jerusalem that week, that Palm Sunday week, because they wanted to see this guy, Lazarus, and the guy named Jesus who performed the miracle. And so the disciples had seen people who were resurrected, and they'd heard Jesus tell them he was going to be taken, beaten, and killed, only to rise three days later. And yet, they were surprised. 
They were surprised. And, you know, the fact that they were surprised probably shouldn't surprise us at all. Because we're often surprised as well when Jesus does exactly what he told us he would do. Like, you know, if you have faith, this will happen. If you follow me, this will happen. If, and we're surprised when it happens. Like the cross. The cross. He told us that he died for us, that his death paid the price for our sins, that all we have to do is believe. Believe in him. And yet, how often are we surprised? Why would he do that for me, we ask? Why would he do that for you? You might think, I'm, I'm not worth it. Why would he do that? Well, the truth is, you are worth it. And you're worth it because Jesus loves you. And, and, and that makes you worth it. Hear the word of the Lord, Romans chapter 5. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're surprised when Jesus shows up, the good shepherd, caring for the sheep, putting the sheep before himself, sacrificially given, even giving his life for the sake of the sheep, to save the sheep, like he did on Holy Thursday, giving his life for yours and mine. And all he, is, he asks is that we believe. That's all he asks. Believe. We don't have to do anything. It's already been done. And that's hard for us to believe, isn't it? That's a surprise. Because we come from a culture where, uh, you know, we take care of ourselves, don't we? We take care of ourselves. We don't need help from anybody. If it is to be, it's up to me. <laughs> and Jesus tells us it's already been done. There's nothing more we can do. All we have to do is believe, invite Jesus into our hearts, into our lives, and believe he is the one, the, the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One. They were surprised that Easter morning, and we continue to be surprised today. just want to say that this Bible... Our Bibles are full of promises. God never, ever breaks a promise. We may pray this or that, but remember that the promises of God, the word of the Lord, are the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. God does not break a promise. And we continue to be surprised. Oh my gosh, what did, I didn't think. Is it a lack of faith? I don't know. Sometimes it might be for me. But we continue to be surprised by the empty tomb and the message that it brings in our lives. Death doesn't win. Satan does not have the last word. God is in charge 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the empty tomb brings life. That's life for each one of us. It reminds us that it's not over until it's over, and it's never over. Because when we're in Christ, we're alive here on earth and in heaven. Eternal life starts now when we're believers in Jesus. And what do we do? It's just a step of faith. That's all it is. Just one step of faith. I believe, I believe that you are Lord. Reverend Kimberly Constant, in an article in the Good News magazine, reminds us that the surprise of the empty tomb still waits to be discovered by, by those of us willing to surrender to the truth that not all mysteries can be explained. That peace is, that peace is not always secured by, by fighting, that, that wisdom is not always earned by striving for more knowledge, that success isn't always won by more accomplishments and the accumulation of stuff. We're surprised that we gain these things and more when we surrender ourselves to the one who has already done for us what, what we could never do for ourselves. She reminds us that Christ stands at the door and knocks and knocks and Christ just wants us to open up the door. It's not gonna, he's not going to barge his way in. He knocks and he knocks and waits for us to surrender. Are you surrendered? Are you surrendered? Life doesn't make sense if we do it on our own. Life is empty when it's all about us, when, when we're the Lord of our own lives. We're not that good, but Jesus is. Christ is that good. He is always with us when we ask Jesus into our lives. The Holy Spirit fills us, and we are never, ever, ever alone. And we need to claim Christ every day, not just today, but every day, moment by moment. And he's with us when we're in the hospital rooms and rush hour traffic, that craziness on Route 1 and family reunions and your dinner table tonight and the cubicles at your places of work. Christ is with us. And every single day we can rediscover his grace that's unmerited love that we can't do anything for except just say thank you. And his mercy that we don't deserve. And Jesus just makes it available to us, and we receive it in faith. And so the surprise of the empty tomb is a reminder that, here you go, some of you have heard this before, it's a reminder that with God, say it with me, all things are possible. possible. <laughs> you know, Reverend Constant reminds us that the surprises of the tomb and the resurrected Lord are are to be discovered in the most unexpected places, the most unexpected means by the most unexpected people. May we embrace the unexpected surprises of Jesus that he has in store for us because he loves us, because he forgives us, because he redeems us. What lies ahead will defy our wildest expectations and 
and offer us an eternity of of wonderful surprises. (laughs) But that's not surprising, is it? Because that's who Jesus is. That's who Jesus is. That's what he does. And And the greatest surprise of all, say it with me, he is risen. He's risen. He is risen indeed. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Most holy God, um, <laughs> they were surprised and we too are surprised when, when you just what, do just what you tell us you're going to do. I guess we're surprised often because we just can't believe that you would do that for us. We're surprised because uh, we're sinners and you're the Savior and you were willing to give your life that we might be forgiven, that you might give us what we can't give ourselves. I guess we're surprised that you would offer your perfect life in exchange for our lives that are far, far less than perfect. And why? Because you love us. <laughs> Go figure that. You love us, you forgive us, you redeem us. You pay the price and we're the recipient. And all we have to do is believe, Lord. Please help us to believe. Help us to believe. Give us the courage to believe. Give us the strength to believe. Let us believe to invite you in into our lives, into our very souls. Lord, help us to give you all of us, all of our lives. We thank you. We praise you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all those gathered said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website, at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.